0: Hi, this is David Harewood and you are listening to Supergirl Radio.
1: Girl Radio, your source for all things related to CBS's Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. I'm Rebecca Johnson, and for this episode of the podcast, I'm joined by Andy B. from The Flash Podcast to discuss the season one episode of the show titled Manhunter. Welcome, Andy. Howdy.
0: How you doing? Uh, doing
1: really well. I know you like Martian Manhunter, so I'm very excited to talk to you about this episode. But before we get to our discussion, we have... The news. CBS has announced the season one finale date for Supergirl. The last episode of season one will air on April 18th. And I'm really hoping this is not the series finale date. I'm hoping that we'll get some official season uh, renewal news uh, coming soon from CBS. But as far as season one, the last episode will air on April 18th, which is kind of early for most shows. A lot of shows will end in May. So, um, hopefully we will get to see Supergirl come back a little earlier than it debuted this uh, this past season. It debuted in like October, so hopefully we'll get to see it around September time. But as as far as season one, the last episode will air on April 18th.
0: And also, just as a side note, so people know that there is going to be a one final week hiatus after next week's episode of, uh, of Supergirl. Um, so on April fourth, there won't be any episode. But after that, you will be getting episode nineteen and twenty back to back on eleven and the eighteenth. So just so everyone make sure to mark that in your calendars and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I think the show would probably come back a little earlier in the fall. Like you know, like at this point, I think that a season two is pretty much a lock, and I think that. If the numbers go go really well for next week's episode of uh, Super bec- um, because of a uh, huge event, <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure that we might hear something. Then, uh, of course, it would be great to hear about a renewal, official renewal, before they do that crossover. Because I feel like people, the CB, should believe in the show being worthy being, of being renewed, not just because of a special crossover episode. So, but you know what? At this point I will take any, do anything or take anything just to get that season two. And and yeah, so so yeah, but I'm 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 pretty sure that on April eighteenth we will not be saying goodbye to Supergirl anytime soon. We're just gonna say hey, we'll see you back in the fall.
1: Yeah, me too.
0: <laughs> and uh, as a s um in other news, episode nineteen of Supergirl, which is titled Myriad, which Fans of uh, of the show should know what that is at this point, which is actually just a big mystery. Um, Mirror is the title of that episode. But in the cast list, uh, f- I guess cast list for that episode, they have listed Eve towards Gracie, who... I believe is a professional wrestler and she's right. acquainted with the WWE and she's going to be playing Maxima, who is a huge DC comics character in, uh in the mythology. So uh, while she's not mentioned in the synopsis, maybe could she be Miria? Could she be maybe mm. a season, maybe a setup for season two, maybe she will play a large role in the season finale. And uh, so, but yeah, and Maxima is actually someone I wanting to see on the show. Uh, so I was kind of excited, excited that they announced. Well, they didn't announce. I, I was excited to see that she is in there. But I, it would have been funny if they actually properly announced that, you know, oh, guess what? Maxim is coming. And um, hopefully she will not be reduced to what, what Smallville did. Like, look, Smallville did a lot of things good, but they also did a lot of things bad. And Maxima <laughs> was not one of the good things they did uh good treatment with so uh, are you excited about maxima are you familiar with that character
1: i'm only a little familiar with maxima but it sounds like she might be a villain so that's actually cool because i would like to see supergirl versus maxima if that ever became a thing so i i would hope that if she's sort of introduced towards the end of the season maybe she she does kind of carry over into season two that would be really Awesome because Maxima is kind of a you know a, a Superman villain, but it would be neat to see her go up against Supergirl. So uh, I hope this isn't the the only time we will see Maxima. I hope we get to see her come and and have uh, a lot to do with Supergirl, and maybe she could become more of a Supergirl villain than a Superman villain. So I I would like to see what their interpretation of this character is.
0: That seems to be been a lot of the case lately with some of the characters they brought in, that they actually work better as Supergirl villains as opposed to Superman characters. But I believe those are all the news for this week.
1: Yeah, and just so our listeners know, if you've noticed a little bit of trash talking on the Twitter accounts for Supergirl Radio and the Flash podcast, that's not an accident. Um, It's because we are planning on doing some kind of podcast crossover to celebrate The Flash's visit to National City. So hopefully we will um, be able to get together and talk about the big crossover episode. And I I don't know about you, Andy, but I kind of feel like we should put a wager On the foot race between Kara and Barry, I don't know what the loser would have to do. I'm going to put it out there. I think that if, you know, if the Flash wins, then maybe maybe I could recite Barry's intro to the episodes um, that he does on the Flash or if Kara wins and um and you want to do Kara's intro i think that would be kind of a fun thing to do but we can work out the little details if we wanted to put a wager down but um i'm, I'm really excited about the crossover episode and it would be really fun to talk to you guys about it on the uh, flash podcast
0: yeah, i'm I'm game um you know I when flash wins in that race because there's no <laughs> if I'm like I don't I don't know what my co is uh, saying right now like I don't know what this if is you know like I think it's a when but uh, yeah I know we're definitely gonna do some sort of fun crossover uh, it's just it's all about lining up all the schedules together so they all work out because we want to give you something special because uh, you know we have huge audience for both shows so we want to make sure that this is something that everyone can take Part of and be excited for it, so on. so we we will let you know on the Twitter accounts and the website and so on. But uh, yeah, like Rebecca said, uh, a crossover will happen between the two podcasts, and uh, when and when Barry wins, you know we will fi- figure out uh, <laughs> the the wage, but um, you know, the, the the bet.
1: Yeah, you forget that Supergirl is faster than Superman, and that has not been tested with someone else yet. So uh, we've we've seen over the past couple of episodes that Kara and slash Supergirl has been... Uh, she's been using her super speed more often, so I would like to see her get to test it out to its full potential. So when Kara wins... Um, we'll work uh, out uh, some, okay. some, some details on the uh, <laughs> the uh, the wager, so uh, that that's going to be really fun all around. I think every, I think everyone will win um, with that crossover. Um, when
0: Flash wins, everyone wins that, because he's. A, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you you want you want, you want to do this right now? Like, you, look, we you, we you cannot depend on any gifs now. Right now, like uh, Rebecca Johnson, you will have to rep- depend on your own words and so on. Because I I you know. Yes, she, she may have proven that she's faster than Superman, but, you know, in this universe, we haven't seen that. And, you know, I, I don't know, Barry does have something called the Speed Force. And, you know, like, I would like to see, you know, what happens if uh, the sun doesn't, isn't around? Like, what? Um, what's going to happen? Oh, wait, Barry will still have his powers. So, um... But yeah, girl, I'm I'm game. All right, well, I, we're, we're
1: definitely going to have to put a wager on uh, this this race because <laughs> there's a lot of trash talk happening. Um, but until next week with the crossover, uh, when we actually find out who, hashtag who will win uh, the foot race between Supergirl and The Flash, let's get to, into our discussion of this uh, season one episode of Supergirl called Manhunter. The official description by CBS says, quote, Jean Jones reveals the details of meeting Kara and Alex's father, Dr. Jeremiah Danvers, played by Dean Kane, and assuming Hank Henshaw's identity. Also, Kara debates trusting someone new with her secret identity, and Siobhan, played by Italia Ricci, plots against Kara, unquote. Um, and one of my favorite things about this episode was that We got a lot of flashbacks into the story between all these different characters and how they interacted with each other. So let's talk about some of those. First and foremost, I think we need to talk about Jean and Jeremiah meeting um, in the 10 years ago flashback. So what did you think about uh, Jeremiah Danvers meeting the Martian Manhunter?
0: You know, this has some, been something I've been looking forward to, the, you know, since they talked about it at the start of the season. And, you know, I I love Dean Cain. And so I was looking forward to seeing him again and hopefully get a tease that maybe he is still alive or whatnot. And, you know, look, I, you know, when whenever the Berlanti shows does their flashback is good. You know, it's some of the most entertaining television of all time. And, um, and so with this, I was just so, so excited to see the backstory for for John and you know and I I felt so bad for him and it makes me because when, whenever we look at previous incarnations of Martian Manhunter, you know, he's he is more of a victim than Superman is on this Earth and so because of his appearance because he's a Martian. So it was it was powerful. I I was a little bit disappointed with how little there like, there was a lot of flashback. Like, I w- was not expecting there to be flashback for Carr and, Al- and Alex uh, and uh, for how Hank met Alex and how you know, this and so on. So how John became Hank was kind of, it was very short and sweet, but I wish we had seen a little bit more and so on. But I love the fact that, you know, because Jeremiah, you know, he's, you know, he has an alien in his family. So I love that he (laughs) was so welcome and so open. So I wanted to make sure, you know, he, I love the fact that despite that he was, you know, undercover and so on, that he was there to make sure that John, you know, whoever this alien was, was going to be safe. And I, so that was powerful stuff, and so on. And um, but you know, I can't, I couldn't help uh, keep thinking when uh, when the real Hank showed up, I was like, I just want to put on mute because I this guy is so annoying. I hate him. <laughs> which you know was the was, was supposed to be the point. But I um yeah, but he was annoying, and that makes me so much appreciated for the fact that they did change their, their minds in the beginning of the show of letting Hank, you know, David Hare would actually play John Jones instead of. Hank I think if we had seen the jerk Hank all the times, so I think, you know, it would have actually dragged down the show a little bit.
1: I think that's a good point. And I think one of the, the things I liked about this flashback is that we got to see <laughs> David Harewood, the David Harewood, dawn of David Harewood's, um, in this episode there was <laughs> there was you know the the big contrast between the real Hank Henshaw and the Martian Manhunter. And I really liked seeing that because I think you're right, like the real Hank Henshaw was a big time jerk and he wanted to take Martian Manhunter down. And I think that was why it was such a good contrast to Jeremiah who was trying to befriend this alien and kind of learn about him. I, I was very affected by the conversation they had about the fire. You know, they build this fire in the woods and Jeremiah (laughs) says to John, which I I, I thought this was a funny line. He says, fire won't kill you. And it was kind of a nice little funny jab at Martian Manhunter's weakness. And I liked the reaction from Martian Manhunter about that, where he was like, you know, a fire wiped out all of my people. And uh, it was you know, it went from funny to a very serious moment. And so I, I liked that they kind of bonded over that and that we got to see that Jeremiah is a good guy. And I say is in a present tense because we'll talk about it later, that maybe he's not so dead after all. <laughs> um, but I really liked get, getting to see this flashback in, in terms of how he becomes the Hank Henshaw that we, we meet in the pilot. So I, I really enjoyed all of this stuff and, and getting to see how David Harewood played the Hank Henshaws, the multiple Hank Henshaws very differently because you, you could get a sense that he was he was acting very differently with these two roles.
0: Oh yeah, I agree totally about that. And I also feel that it was nice it was very nice to get to see so much of the costume and him moving around and so on. Because we whenever he tends to turn into Marjorie Manor, we only see for a, you know, very briefly and so on. So I kinda like I'm kinda imagining at some point he's going to have to go Martian full-time for a while. Like, I think that, you know, now that he's been exposed, that, you know, hang, he isn't a real hang shot, and so on, he may have to be the Martian manager, like, a lot, uh, you know, like, and he will have to be in that form for a lot of time, and so on, and I know it's... We do know that the costume is real, but it's it's just uh, the Martian head that is uh, obviously CGI, and so on, so I'm just... It was nice to for a change to see him being the Martian manager for as long as we saw him, and... Um, the one thing I do want to see—I don't know if you've thought about this—but have you noticed we only see Martian Manhunter in mostly in the dark, never in you know bright daylight?
1: Hmm. Uh, I know we saw him when he was flying with Supergirl. They were flying kind of in the clouds in the daytime, um, and it makes me think of what Lexi Alexander said in her interview that we did with her um, on Supergirl Radio. She talked about how the costumes are a little more forgiving. At night, so maybe that plays into it that you know they can get away with a little more things in the nighttime. So that may play a part. So I don't, I don't know what. Why do you think that is? I I don't,
0: I don't know either. and So on, if I I feel that costume does look good in daylight time too, and um, you know, heck, we've we've even seen um, you know when he was flying with Kara. You know, I feel that should have been almost like a a proof that, you know, you can, you know, it can, you know, you can make it, you know, you can make it work in daylight and so on. But, you know, look, I'm just happy we have the Martian Manhunter on the show because I I never knew, I never knew I wanted it so much. And now that we have it, like I, 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 David Harewood is one of my new bays. I'm just saying.
1: (laughs) Well, since we're talking about Martian Manhunter, what did you think about the little moment where Jean is eating Chacos in his DEO cell?
0: I, I'm still not ready to talk about it because I was like <laughs> he never answered that question to anyone I was asking him like on Twitter or in QA and stuff like that. And I was like, oh my god, what if he like doesn't like what if he's like allergic to something? That's why he can't eat it. But I'm like I'm like, look, he's sitting there eating Chocos and I'm like, it's the best thing ever. <laughs> and I don't know why I got so darn excited and emotional about it. I was just, hey, that is pretty amazing. And I love this.
1: Yeah. And it was funny because, like, the, the rapper actually said Chacos on it. And one of my uh, favorite bits about that was that Alex knew that Jean eats them and she you know, documented that, oh, he eats them at 3 a.m. Like in her her head, I guess she spent so much time with him, she knew his habits and she knew that when it's 3 a.m. and he needs a pick-me-up, this is the go-to candy that he goes to or these cookies that he goes to and that, you know, that must mean that these are his, you know, Chacos are his favorite cookies. So I, I liked that, you know, Alex has kind of been taking these mental notes about things, uh, about things that martian uh, well jean is is into, and that kind of shows that they have this really close bond that they know so much about each other and i i thought that was a an important thing to show in this episode because we got a lot of alex jean slash you know Hank in quotes uh flashbacks mm hmm And speaking of Alex, I was really excited to see her flashback into how she got recruited to the DEO because that was something that I was sort of hoping we would get to see on the show. So what did you think about, you know, party girl Alex Danvers (laughs) getting (laughs) thrown in jail?
0: Yeah, I was was so not prepared for it because I'm like, well, first of all, I didn't know we were getting an Alex flashback. So I was kind of like, oh, hot damn. And, And then I was like, Oh, so that's what she was like. And it's been so long since I saw Kyla Lee, Lee, uh, Lee with uh, with long hair. So yeah. I was just, what is happening right now? Uh, but, yeah, no, that was interesting. That That's like that's kind of how she and John met each other. And um, I like that he was kind of, and he you know, the first thing he did when he arrived as um, Hank Henshaw was that he wanted to honor his promise and take care of uh, Jeremiah. Jeremiah's daughters so um, I thought that was really neat and um, you know like as much, I know a lot of people we you know and we all talk about um, a lot about the Cara and Alex relationship but I think that sometimes we don't I don't think it, 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 there's enough discussions about the great relationship between John and and Alan and so on because because yeah and I think that was I think that was really neat and it kind of it makes me you know remember that you know this is one of the big parts of the show so um, yeah and it was no, it was really it was really fun to see that also but just being so surprised because I was like I did not see Alex being the party girl before she joined the D.I. I thought she was like still in college at that time or something and uh, it almost makes me want to see at some point what Cara was like before she joined Katko, um like what she was doing and so on or if she like the minute she moved to Kat- to National City that's when she started like going after Catco. but what did you think?
1: Yeah, it's it's funny because I wasn't picturing, you know, Alex before the DO kind of being this, you know, chick who goes out to the clubs and is, you know, drinking and and getting in trouble. Um they they mentioned that she's a scientist at the, at the time, but I think you get a little bit of a sense of Alex even more so, and we'll talk about the the flashback with the young Cara and the young Alex, but it seems like Alex was a little more re- rebellious and a little more rambunctious um, in terms of, you know, she kind of had a little bit of an edge to her, more so than Cara, who was probably a little more straight-laced and trying to fit in. So I think that's interesting that Alex, who kind of felt like she always had to take care of Cara and kind of be, in some ways... Kara's protector and mother figure you know she probably wanted to let loose from that for a little bit so in in a lot of ways that makes a lot of sense and I am with you that I think the relationship between Alex and John is a very strong one on the show and I really liked in the epi- in the scene when he comes to visit her in jail he gives her a real sense of purpose he tells her that she's special and Alex even says later when she's being interrogated that Jean gave her a home and gave her a purpose. And I like that he encouraged her. He saw, you know, it wasn't just, he had this mission to protect Jeremiah's daughters. He was trying to encourage her to pursue things that she was good at and that she could use those things to help other people. So I I thought their dynamic was really great.
0: Yeah,
1: And, um, Speaking of that, I guess this would be a good place to talk about how, at the end of the episode, Alex and Jean kind of leave to go on a search for Jeremiah Danvers. What did you think about all that?
0: I got a little bummed out by it first. I, I understand why from a story perspective, but it kind of makes me wonder that. Oh wait, does that mean that she, you know, they won't get to meet Barry next week? Oh, like that's kind of. Yeah, like I know I shouldn't think too much about the crown or something, I look I, I i'm ready to kill just to get barry and martian man in front of each other for a scene or something <laughs> so i was like well, what does this mean does this mean that he's gonna? they're not going to be around like like I, it just seems like an odd time to do this and so on because it's like we only have three more episodes and i you know like is, you know is you know is you know, that something you want to do right now but i, I don't know, like do you think they will be back quickly like do you, you know you know, how you know, how do you think they might even, might, might even be back next week?
1: I, You know, I don't know. That's a good question that I hadn't really thought about. I was actually just really excited to see them kind of go on this quest together because I think Alex for, – for the character of Alex Danvers to know that her father is alive – And that she can go find him and rescue him I think is huge for her. And I think for her to do it with her kind of surrogate father who also has stakes in wanting to save Jeremiah. Because Jeremiah was kind to him. Jeremiah reached out and and showed, you know, literally reached out to him uh, with his hand to to shake it. And I I think it's cool to see the two of them, you know, get on motorcycles and ride off together. I thought that was awesome. So um, I... I don't know if they'll be around for the crossover, but I'm really excited to see them kind of go on this adventure together, even though it made me really sad to see Kara and Alex kind of have to say goodbye because that was, that was pretty emotional because I, I think, you know, Kara would want to go with her, but I think this is something maybe Alex has to do on her own, so um, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what happens with them. And speaking of Kara and Alex, let's talk about the Midvale flashback from 12 years ago. What did you think about all of the moments we saw between the young Kara and the young Alex?
0: They're so freaking adorable together. <laughs> <laughs> They're so cute together and so on. Um, no, I like that. And it uh, I know it, it. just struck me so interesting because, you know, I know Alex said in, a, in an episode ago or something that she used to be jealous of Car and that she was kind of annoyed that she was following everywhere and so on. But yet I still, I'm still just having such a hard time seeing why she would feel such a resentment against her as a kid. And so just because, you know, she became kind of like became the star of the family and you know, she has all these powers and whatnot. And because I'm, I'm like, if I was someone like Alice and I didn't have any similar stuff, I feel I would be pretty, I would feel pretty lonely and so on. So it's kind of, and it, it, you know, whenever I watch those flashbacks and so, on, I'm always expecting you know, oh, there's going to be cute moments, against stuff, fight and so on. But there's mostly Alex just being oh, she's you know, I have to, I have to be with her, you know, I have to be around her, I have to take care of her and stuff like that. So, but you know, I, you know, but you know, she's a, she was a kid, so I understand it completely. But you know, I I always get a weird feeling whenever I see that aspect of Alex in the past. But it was fun to see them, to you know, see those flashbacks again because they, you know, they. Those two actors are really, really good, and they look exactly like Melissa and uh, Kyler when they, uh, if they were kids and so on. And um, it was nice to see, um, young Kara, you know, doing a car rescue. Like the the thing that would have bl- blown my mind is if she had lifted up the car and like kind of done a tribute to Action Comics issue number one. Um, and <laughs> but maybe, they, but maybe they will do it for present time, Kara. Um and I loved her scene with uh, Jeremiah. And so I, I'm still, you know, and maybe this now we might actually get it. So I'm still hoping for the day when we actually get to see Dean Kane and Melissa Benoist have a scene together. But uh, what did you think about it?
1: Yeah, I can understand your problem with the young Alex. Like, I mean, it would be nice to, you know, get a new sibling. But I think for the, the younger version of Alex, she has this responsibility that's put on her. And that's kind of something I think a kid would sort of reject because, you know, here, you know, I'm with my friends and I want to do things with them. And I don't want to have somebody kind of trailing me and my every move. And I don't want to have to take care of this other person. And you know, young Kara is a lot and she's a handful, you know, <laughs> like she, <laughs> she has all these powers that she doesn't know what to do with. And so Alex probably had to keep her in check all the time. And for, you know, there's that one moment where Kara's is just kind of mesmerized by the birds on the beach because, you know, on Krypton, she says they don't have those. So, uh, to the other kids, car this weirdo, and I think for alex she doesn 't want to be associated with this little weirdo who 's fascinated by birds <laughs> because she 's never seen them before so I think for for alex that's that 's a lot of responsibility, and so i I think over time you see that maybe she kind of sees it as a badge of honor, I think. You know, now Now that we get to know Alex in the present day, she wants to protect Kara, and she sees Kara as this noble hero, and she wants to be associated with her. But as a kid, I think it's a very different thing. Um, but mm-hmm. I did I did like seeing the young Kara, you know, having having to struggle with her powers. And I wondered if this was... Um that they mentioned earlier in the season that there was kind of a cut scene, a couple of cut scenes maybe from the pilot where we got to see that young Kara struggled with her x-ray vision and Jeremiah um, built some glasses for her to help with that. So I wondered if they sort of picked that stuff from the pilot and put it in this episode. But I I liked seeing that. I liked seeing that she... Did, she had to adjust to using those powers. We got to see her use her x-ray vision and her super hearing and it sort of reminded me of Man of Steel when all the other kids were sort of talking about Clark when uh, you know, young Clark is in the closet and they think he's a weirdo and they talk about him and uh, that sort of happens with Kara and there was also kind of a little bit of a Man of Steel vibe and maybe it's because I love that movie but um, when Jeremiah is talking to the young Kara and he tells her I gave you these glasses, it's going to make life easier for you. Um, And how that kind of vibe was sort of like a, you know, Jonathan Kent talking to a young Clark. Um, Mm -hmm. It it seemed to, you know, I'm sure the internet probably accepted it more on Supergirl than they did with Man of Steel. But uh, I, I, I liked seeing that, you know, it's tough for a parent, an adoptive parent, to be able to connect with a, a a young superpowered being and that that would be really hard for both of them to be a, you know for a parent to kind of want to protect this kid because they know that they are special and that the world is not going to treat them very well and you know what do you tell that kid and how does that kid respond to it so i think it's a real it's a really interesting thing to see what a, how a parent would go about handling that situation. Because even with regular kids who don't have superpowers, that's tough. That's tough to – I mean, I'm not a parent. I'm not a mom. But I can imagine having to guide a little kid through dealing with other kids talking about him or being different or something like that. That's That's hard just for a regular kid. But for a regular kid who has x-ray vision, that's going to be a million times worse. So I, I liked getting to see that sort of introduction to her secret identity, even though I sort of don't like that Jeremiah, even though he's doing that to help her with her x-ray vision, it's almost like, here's a thing to hide yourself. But I think that's an intended metaphor to, you know, when, when Kara takes those glasses off, it's a big deal. She can be herself. So in some ways, I like that metaphor. But it, it was kind of neat to see that this is her, her introduction to that secret identity
0: i I did think about Madison yesterday and so, and it i maybe it was I'm sure this was not how he meant it. maybe this was just how they accidentally wrote it, but I didn't like how he said you know the world already has a superman oh, and yeah, so on. Yeah. It's kind of like, it's kind of like um, I don't know if anti-feminist is the correct term but it almost feels like you know oh so you're telling her that they you know they already have a man to take care of as well and so on. We already have a superhero, superhero man taking care of it and so on. and I'm sure I'm sure I know that that's not what Jeremiah meant but if you would read that script and you see that line like, it could easily be taken this is just my opinion but you could easily take that as a uh, oh so we She's a girl. She doesn't need to be a hero. She just needs to, you know, just be herself and do these things and stuff like that, and and suppress herself and so on. So I, which, th- th- so that's why I was like, right, okay, Andy, don't you know, you, you know, don't, don't don't get nitpicky and so on, because I'm sure that's not how they meant that. It. it was maybe, I do I guess it's up to each individual to interpret it, uh, a dialogue or a script the, the way they want to, and that was how I did it. But it was definitely a mad steel Parallel and so on where you know where there's it's even that conversation with Jonathan when he says to Carter, maybe you should let those kids die and so on. Yeah. I don't know because, yeah.
1: and I and I think that's something that every superpowered superhero is going to have to deal with is that you're not going to be able to save everybody. Um, and I I agree with you. I I took it two two ways when he kind of talk to her about the Superman aspect, I I was kind of like, well, she can still be a superhero. That's not a a thing. Um, But I think also he was probably telling her, you know, because Superman, by the time she comes to Earth, Superman's already in the cape. He's already, you know, an established superhero. So for Kara, she's still just a kid. And so I think what Jeremiah was trying to maybe tell her was that Right now, just focus on being a kid. Just focus on going to school, learning stuff, you know, adapting to your environment, learning how to control your powers. And then maybe over time, maybe you can be, you know, Superman status. But right now, just be a kid. Um, and, and that way, she can kind of enjoy childhood and enjoy being around other people, you know, her, her quote, age, <laughs> even though they're, they're probably not, you know, equal in age, but I I think maybe he was also trying to say that but yeah there was a, a lot of um things to think about in terms of how she can go about saving people when she's around her classmates and I thought it was so funny that um and I know Jeremiah talks to her about this later but like when she goes to save the mom and the baby from the car like the mom doesn't once it happens the mom just like leaves and I was like, you really, you wouldn't question what just happened? Like, <laughs> She's in shock.
0: She's in shock. That's Why all.
1: wouldn't you be like, how in the world did that just happen? But, uh, but I think they, they do kind of suggest that the, the people of the town sort of know something's up. Uh, you know, the people who know about that story kind of wonder what's happening. So it's definitely an interesting look into what it was like for Kara as a kid. And then we get another Cara flashback to two years ago. And I really enjoyed this one as well. We get to see her first meeting with Wynn and her interview at CatCo. So what did you think about this CatCo flashback?
0: I mean, that woman has literally not changed in the past two years at all. So, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know why I was so flabbergasted but like, you know, but of course, she's the, you know she's been the exact same cat since we, you know since we saw her in the pilot and so on. And she referred to so my ten fifteen start talking, <laughs> 10, ten fifteen, What are you still doing here? Ten fifteen. Um, yeah, no, I thought that was awesome. Um, first I saw some funny comments about like people were commenting on Ben's hair. <laughs> For some reason, they like you. Like, can we talk about Wynn's hair for a second? I'm like, I'm like, it looks fine, but okay. And but I like that she, you know, that he was the first face that she saw when she got in there, and that, <laughs> and like, you know, what interview here? I love the part where he said, "What interview? What, what what position are you?" Uh, how, going for and she said the assistant job she's like wait does that does the curb assist-? and then we hear the walking crying <laughs> woman yeah, and i'm yeah. like that is the most hilarious thing ever of course cat would fire her right before like okay so i have a 10:15. That is possibly going to take over your job so present assistant you're fired okay bye um is that a good uh, is that a good impression do you think
1: i think so that i mean it's recognizable as as cat grant i totally see
0: okay it. Kira, Kira, <laughs> Kira. <laughs> uh, but what did you what did you think? Like, did you? Uh, I know, um, I know, you. you uh, Kai Grant has been a huge has been a huge character for you throughout the whole series. And so, like, were you surprised that she was exactly the same as we've seen her since the pilot?
1: Well, I wouldn't want her to change. Let's be honest. I like Kat as she is. Um, but yeah, I enjoy that she she doesn't play around. If if people who work for her. Are not cutting it. She's like, no, you're out the door, bye. I don't have time for you. And so I, <laughs> I like that about about Kat. She she's no nonsense, and I think that's what makes her such a fun character. And I, I, it's funny that you mentioned Wynn's hair. I think that was kind of you know to show that the time has passed. And Maybe two years ago, Wynn was trying something out with his hair. He was just he was trying different styles. But I, I liked that we got to see how Kara got the job. Now, I don't know why initially she wants to be Kat Grant's assistant, but she does sort of tell her. I thought this was a nice little interaction that they had because Kat, Kat is very put off with Kara and her perception of people of Kara's age. And Kara comes in and she says, you know what, if you're, if you're upset with people who think they're special, don't worry about it because I don't think I'm special but I, she, but Kara says that she's committed, that she cares, she's a hard worker, and that she just wants to help. And I liked that she said those things specifically because not only would that make her a good assistant for Cat Grant, but that's also a whole list of qualities that Supergirl should have, that she's committed to saving people, that she cares about people, that she's a hard worker, that she's willing to kind of, you know, do what she needs to do in order to rescue somebody, and that she wants to help everybody. And I think that that was really important to put in this episode because this is the episode that kind of deals with the fallout of Supergirl not being in National City's good graces anymore. And I think that that kind of helps you see that Kara's always wanted to be that hero even before she put the cape on. So I, I liked seeing that. And, and I really felt for Kara because she says that, you know, I just want to be useful to somebody. You know, I want to be worthwhile. And I think for most of her life on Earth, Kara had to put aside her specialness to blend in. And so this was her chance as an adult to kind of show people what she could do. So I liked that cat of all people, was the one who kind of gave her the opportunity to do that.
0: The one thing I wanted to speak up to, by the way, uh, regarding um, the whole thing about her dealing with the aftermath of last week's episode, I felt that kind of was overshadowed a lot by what was going on with, uh, you know, with John and Alex and, you know, the Flash and stuff like that. And it's, you know, I initially I was kind of annoyed by the fact it was, oh, well, you mentioned once in the beginning and once at the at the end and so on, and then that's it. And uh, but then I realized, you know, okay, well, you know, we still have three more episodes. And you know what? Here's a little early prediction right now for next week's episode. I think Barry is going to help her with that because oh, maybe. Right? Remember, Zoom did the exact same thing to him and not exactly not, not put on um, oh god red carpet I buried that would be hilarious <laughs> uh, but, but, but he did humiliate him in front of the whole right city and r- ruin his um, image and Kara has done that same thing so maybe that's one thing they will actually one of the many things they will actually find common ground on his own because they're maybe they will help each other gain you know able to earn back the city's trust so um so yeah so but i So i initially i was annoyed by the fact that. Uh, of course, it's only it's only mentioned for a minute and then started at a minute at the end, but um, but yeah, but you know, but then I realized, no, but there will be time, there will be time to fix it, and I think it will also go into season two as well. Uh, I'm just not, I'm just so not used to this type of arc being used so early in a superhero story. And so, like, you know, like with Arrow, they did it in season two or three. It's a season three thing. Flash, they did it in season two. But Super, Bowl, they did it right away. So I was, I'm still kind of stunned by the fact that they have done it so early in the series.
1: Yeah, and I, I kind of like it because I think that's the natural reaction to people. You know, you have this superpowered person who comes out and, oh, it's great, and it's awesome. They're coming around saving people, and we can count on them, and we can, you know, be hopeful that they're here. But what if they do screw up? What if they do have a bad day? What if something goes wrong? I think that's a natural um, question. So I'm glad to see that it's being addressed on Supergirl. And I I would agree with you that I think it was a little bit overshadowed But I, as somebody who puts a lot of emphasis on first and last shots of an episode, um, and also in movies, I'm very, very critical of movies that don't do this very well, but I really enjoyed this episode because the very first thing you see following the episode where Kara has, you know, fallen out with the city, the first thing that we see in this episode is the close-up of her S-Shield. On her, you know, on her chest. And I really liked seeing that because it's a reminder that she is Supergirl and it's when it kind of pulls back, you know, she she can't be Supergirl like she used to. She's, you know, sitting on the couch, kind of partly in the Supergirl suit partly in her re- regular clothes and she feels really down about herself. And so I really liked seeing that when the, the episode opened. So I liked the the way they started the episode, even if it didn't kind of go throughout the whole episode, I was glad to see that little bit of it.
0: Um, Did- I just wanted to follow up. Did you note, know, uh, think of, um, have you seen that Alex Ross art of Superman sitting at a, you know, in front of a couch with his, you know, shirt open, like and you see the Superman shield and stuff like that? Have you seen that art where he's just, you know, sitting in a, you know, in a chair or a I, couch or whatever? I
1: have not. Now I'm going to have to go look for it.
0: Yeah, because that shot, like, well, she was lying in her in her sofa. That shot kind of reminded me of um, that art from Alex Ross. I can actually and um, send it to you right quickly and so on because and I will, I also want to see if our listeners actually picked out on that too and so on so that if you look in the in the magical Skype chat that
1: only you and I can see and, <laughs> yeah uh, let's, let's check it out and let's see if I can pull it up here oh yeah so it is sort of like that like it's sort of and I like that because it, it's sort of like he. it's it's a superhero but it's also kind of in a mundane setting you know and, and this Alex Ross art you know it's the lampshade on the the nightstand with a picture frame with some books, or you know, like kind of sitting in your house. Um, so it's kind of an odd dichotomy that this superpowered being, one of the most superpowered beings on the earth, has a regular life, has a home, has you know, <laughs> wears dress shirts. You know, Kara has her her jeans on in in that sh- uh, in that shot in Supergirl. So I like the idea that it's kind of this thing where you don't see them just as these these powerful beings but they have a life they have a secret identity they have things that they want to be private about so i i like seeing that kind of stuff because it reminds you that there there's more to them than just being a superhero exactly and speaking of secret identities and superheroes supergirl Revealed herself to another character on the show this week. What did you think about her revealing that she is Supergirl to Lucy Lane?
0: Finally, (laughs) (laughs) that's literally what I had to say it for. I was like, literally, they finally that she revealed to her and so and you know, like, look, I don't know why I've been so obsessed about and so, but I have been wanting to see Lucy and Kara become friends and so because. This girl needs some other friends, uh, some other female friends as well, aside from just. It's um, you know, as, as awesome and perfect. As I think, she, it's good to see women having other relationships too, and so on. That is not just family, or you know. I love it or something like that. So I love the fact that she and Luke, her, she and Lucy are getting closer, and it makes me wonder more about if you know what could happen if she, if Lucy does become Superwoman, maybe they will do a different take where she's just a hero, whatever. Yeah. No, I just I love Jenna Tatum. I, I think she I don't I don't I think she doesn't get enough credits for you know for the things she's done on the show. So I'm glad that she's that she's you know I, I'm expecting her to be promoted for series regular for season two.
1: I hope so. I would like to see her stick around. And and like you, I'm curious as to what this this relationship is going to kind of blossom into between Lucy and Kara because they're kind of friends, even though I think they started out as rivals to an extent you know romantically with James I think there was still a little bit of animosity when <laughs> Lucy showed up to Kara's apartment and James was there I don't think that went over too well at the beginning but I think what they're doing is very interesting because like you I, I would agree with the fact that it's nice to see Kara developing these these other relationships with these other women and I thought it was cool that you know they were both r- riding motorcycles in to kind of help Jean and Alex and, and Kara trusts Lucy. She trusts her to do the right thing. And there at the end, when Lucy becomes kind of the head of the DEO, there's this sense that Supergirl trusts her to, to kind of do the right thing with the aliens and and the things that are going on with the DEO. So I'm, I'm really curious as to what happens with all of this. Me too. And when we're talking about the DEO, we should also mention that we got to n- meet somebody else in the military in this episode. What did you think about the introduction of a Colonel James Harper, AKA guardian?
0: He should have been Roy's uncle on arrow, but they never <laughs> did it. I kept, I kept asking for it, but they never did. Um, uh, he, well, he was mostly a jerk. So I was like, I, he was distracting, Um uh, yeah, no, I liked him, and I'm, you know, I'm open to see him come back and, and so on. But I am, um, I don't know, because I was just so thrown up when we saw the cast list that he wasn't like like they did with Maxima that they just like put it as a footnote in the cast list that he's showing up as his character. And I don't know. Like, hopefully, he becomes Guardian, and or that could be fun. And you know, like who who knows? Maybe there is a Roy Harper here on this earth. Uh, but um, but yeah, I am. Um, he uh, was an okay introduction and you know, he was you know he was a jerk so you know, which, you know that was the point but i am definitely open to see him come back
1: yeah i thought it was interesting the way they played him because they had a con he had a connection to the real hank henshaw which i thought was neat they um had him say that the real hank henshaw was his best friend and so you know you talk about uh, Colonel Harper being kind of a jerk I, I think he and the real Hank Henshaw would probably get along pretty well because uh, they were both sort of jerks um, and I, I thought it was kind of cool in sort of a, a villainous way and I think they sort of played him up as kind of a villain in terms of you know taking Jean in and, and wanting to transport him and Alex to, to Project Cadmus um, that he had this little piece of technology that could keep Jean from shapes shifting and I'm I'm hoping that never gets into the wrong hands. Um, I, I don't know if we'll ever see that little piece of technology again. I think it got destroyed, but you never know if it could pop up again. But I thought that was an interesting thing that they had a piece of technology that could keep him from using his shape shifting power. But I, I thought it was it was a cool use of the military in this episode to kind of have these people who were going to interrogate these uh, these people that they thought were dangerous to America. So I thought it was a good use of the colonel in the major. And I don't know much about Guardian, so um, I I would like to see more of him. I think he's popped up in a few comics that I've read, but um, in, in case anybody's listening and they, they don't know a lot, here's just some basic info. Um, Guardian was created by Jack Kirby and Joe Simon, and he first appeared in Star-Spangled Comics number 7 in April 1942. So Guardian is actually a really old character. If you think about how... You know, Superman premiered in 1938. This is just four years after the creation of Superman. So uh, so guardian has been around for a long time. So I'm like you. I would like to see him maybe get developed further into to the show and maybe we could see more of him.
0: Did you ever see Young Justice?
1: Yes, I have seen Young Justice.
0: And he was he was part of that show.
1: Yeah, it's been a while for me. I need to do a Young Justice rewatch, but uh, I, I well, it
0: is on Netflix. It, it is, is on Netflix, it, and if we, and if we all watch it enough, we might get a season free.
1: So maybe that I'll put that on my to-do list to to do a little bit of a rewatch because I I would like to refresh myself more on Guardian, uh, uh, the Guardian. I was not prepared for his arrival, so I'm I'm glad to see him show up. Can we talk about Cadmus for a second? Yes, let's talk about Project Cadmus. What do you what do you think about the uh, the mention of that in this episode?
0: I'm almost expecting that Cyber Superman will come out of uh, out of Cadmus. Uh, I don't know what will happen to Jeremiah. Hopefully, he doesn't turn in, Hopefully, he doesn't get turned into a villain because I don't want to see him. I don't want to see Dean Kane evil. I just want to see him as a good guy.
1: Oh, I do. I want to see evil Dean Kane. He was great as a villain on Smallville, so I I would like to see him take kind of a villainous <laughs> turn even though I really like Jeremiah as a dad and I like him as a good guy, I think it would be very interesting if Dean Cain got to play villain.
0: Now, there's been a lot of predictions already that, you know, because there's one thing that Cadmus is known for the most, and that is the creation of Superboy. Now, what do you think about the possibility that we could maybe get maybe a Superboy through this project? Like, maybe not a spin-off or something, but like, how would you feel if we... God Superboy boy on the show and maybe as a supporting character or something.
1: I mean, I I'm open to it. I think it's possible, but with project Cadmus, the, the thing that pops up in my brain is from justice league unlimited and the creation of Galatea. And the prospect gets really exciting to me is that we might see some form of power girl in the future. Cause you know, Galatea on JLU is sort of kind of a knockoff of Power Girl, like they don't call her Power Girl, but she's basically Power Girl. So I think they could use Project Cadmus in the future to give us a Power Girl sometime down the line. That could be fun. So super so Superboy or Power Girl, I'm open to both of them. So let's wrap up the discussion. What are your overall thoughts on Manhunter? Um did you like it? Did you dislike it? What are your thoughts?
0: I was, I was very happy with it. I think it was a good follow up from last week's episode. And I think that it's, you know, you can feel like we're getting to the end of the season. We're getting close now to wrapping this whole thing up. Um, and um, the ending was definitely interesting with a, with a certain Miss Siobhan or whatever her last name is because I can't say her weird name. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah, Siobhan's life. Yeah. Um
0: But uh, yeah, I was genuinely happy with this and hashtag Margaret Mahander for the win.
1: Hashtag for the win, Mm FFTW. Yeah, I really liked this episode. I was ecstatic about all the flashbacks. It's awesome that we get more character stuff from all of these people and to see Jeremiah and to see more Martian Manhunter. All that was awesome. So I really enjoyed this episode. Um, But that's going to do it for our discussion of Manhunter. So let's uh, check out some tweets about what our listeners had to say. At Kenny Crayley tweeted, great episodes, super amazing and emotional. At J Nam K Young uh, tweeted, I cried tears. My space family will never be the same. Hashtag grumpy alien dad. Hashtag agent big sister. Hashtag precious puppy. Love Lucy in charge. <laughs> a lot of awesome hashtags there. Um, at Madtown Davidson tweeted, that was a great episode with lots of great emotional moments. At Paradox Kid tweeted, great follow-up to Falling. Flashback scenes were the best part. Not a Smythe fan, but the last part was pretty cool. And um, at Autumn My 2 tweeted, that last scene with Alex, Hank, and Kara was so heartbreaking. At Variety Girl one tweeted, I loved all of the backstory scenes. Nice nonlinear storytelling. And I would agree with that because sometimes with... TV storytelling, sometimes if you do too many flashbacks going from, you know, one period to another, one time period to another, that can be really confusing. If you want to see a really terrible example of that, watch the um, pilot episode of the event that was on NBC. That was terrible. It went back from, you know, one time period to another time period in the next five minutes. It went to another time period. Then two minutes later, it went to another time. It was so confusing and awful But Supergirl pulled it off in this one. At Geek Kirk tweeted, my favorite part was backstory on Jeremiah. So I got some Dean Cain on my TV. And I know that is awesome. I'm always okay with more Dean Cain on my TV. And we have an email from a listener named Gregory who writes, quote, the look on Siobhan's face after she stopped her fall with the Banshee cry has me believing that it was not a surprise to her that she could do that. What are your thoughts on that, unquote? So, um, Andy, what are your thoughts about Gregory's question? Do you think maybe Siobhan knows about this ability that she has?
0: It's a really good question. I think she's known that something is different about her for a while. But I think that she, I don't know, because she has, you know, since she came to the, to CatCo, she's always had an agenda, you know, to su- over-succeed her and stuff like that. And, um it's a good question I am I think to some degree she knew and she, but at the same time I don't think she didn't know but um it's really interesting how what you're doing with with her and so because we because we don't have a um, particle accelerator here that kind of creates the metahuman zone heck we don't even have the term humans here right now hopefully maybe next <laughs> week we'll establish that but um I think we will have to wait till next week to find out like what the backstory on her is because we don't have an idea yet of how people in this world gets powers like heck even the lie is still a bit of a mystery
1: yeah i'm very curious about this because in the episode siobhan makes a reference to kilts so we might get some more information about maybe some scottish heritage that she has and maybe that plays a part into how she becomes silver banshee so i'm very curious about it and i I thought it was interesting that, you know, (laughs) it was really well written, I thought, where she talks about how she wants to scream, and then she (laughs) falls off the the roof, and her scream is what actually saves her from hitting the ground, so I thought all of that was really well executed, so I'm hoping to get to see more of the Silver Banshee backstory next week.
0: Can I just nitpick on one more thing? Um, I love the Black Canary, and I... But this made me so angry that, that we couldn't that Laurel doesn't get to have a real canary cry on Arrow, while a villain on a different show who you know like who also has the same power gets to have that. It. And it's I don't know like, like did you think about that too when you saw the um, this, um, the banshee scream finally happen?
1: Yeah, I actually thought, wow, that that sonic scream, that banshee cry looks really good. You know, that might be what that looks like if. Uh, Black Canary on Arrow had that ability. Um, You know, I've always been okay with the technical canary cry that Laurel has used uh, over the course of her her Black Canary reign. Um, But, you know, that kind of stuff is really cool to see in live action. It's kind of cool to see that come to life. So uh, I am a little jealous that Siobhan gets to have that while Laurel doesn't. But uh, at least we get to see something like that on tv and it'll it'll be interesting to see how siobhan uses that for evil because black canary would use that for good but silver banshee would probably use it to hurt some people so uh, i'm i'm very much looking forward to seeing how siobhan kind of maybe learns more about her powers if she doesn't already know and to see how she uses it
0: agreed and we do we do have one more email from a listener named Richard. At uh, Richard, who wrote in and ask, "Why does the DO still trust Supergirl? I really think it's weird that they started trusting her again right away. They right away they hunt they hunt dangerous aliens for a living after all. Well, here's the thing. Didn't oh you know Rebecca? How about you start with this? Like, what do you think about about his question? of why does the DO still trust Supergirl?
1: I mean, it's a a good question because, you know, the National City has a lot of problems with Supergirl right now. So I think people probably would be questioning her motives. But I think with the DEO, they they know that Supergirl was infected with the red kryptonite. They know that, you know, something went down with her, whereas I don't know that National City, you know, the citizens, I don't know that they really fully understand that what happened to Supergirl was not really her fault. So the DEO, I think, kind of can understand, oh, that was Supergirl having a bad day, but really she's very helpful to us. Like, those people have worked with Supergirl and they know who she really is. And I thought it, it said so much about that little moment with her and that Agent Vasquez where, you know, she asks you know, Agent Vasquez, if she can help her be able to hear what's going on in in the interrogation room. And you kind of think maybe she's not going to at first, but um, Vasquez leaves her a little thing that allows Supergirl to hear inside the interrogation room. So these agents are on Supergirl's side. So I think that's kind of what plays into it is that they have worked with her. They know who she really is and know what kind of alien she she's a good alien. So I think they trust her at this point.
0: Agreed, and I I would say that that hey there was even the part of in the beginning where the report I don't know who was doing the reporting on TV but they said that they they also think that you know there there's been fears about well maybe she was under some sort of control or substance or something so there is some sort of awareness that that maybe they know, the city it is part of the city I think everyone like kind of like how people are gonna view. Superman and I mean, Superman kinda of had different thoughts uh, like different perspectives on him. I'm sure that in National City they have um the same thing. But um but yeah, I guess this you know this will be one of the more interesting artists to see as we um as we move um, forward.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's just funny to think about like people who are living in this universe who are aware of Superman and Supergirl and these kind of beings, you know, they would get used to this, you know, things, weird things happen. Like you would think that the people of this world would just be used to, Oh, something weird happened with Superman or something weird happened with Supergirl. Nah, it's just another day in National City. (laughs) Um, so it's kind of fun to think about that. Well, and, uh, to wrap up some feedback, thanks to all of our listeners, uh, especially red five and Corinne, who sent in information about Jennifer's comic book question from last time. Uh, we've passed on your knowledge about her her inquiry, and hopefully she'll be able to find what she needs. So we, we I love it that we have a community of Supergirl fans who are willing to help each other out and uh, help each other find the things that we want to read. So I really appreciate you guys reaching out about that. And if anybody wants to contact us at Supergirl Radio, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. You can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. And we have become a literal Supergirl Radio on Spotify, so definitely check out our playlist for some good music. And don't forget, we are also available on iTunes and Stitcher. So if you have some time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review.
0: And before I bring up um, what where else you can find Super Radio part of and so make sure to check out that awesome um, PaleyFest interviews that we now have up on uh, uh, on the website. For, uh, thank our good friend Katrina De- Dennis, who did a reporting and got some awesome interviews with Melissa Benoist, Greg Bland, and Ellie Adler. So that you can also find on Supergirlradio.com. and um, Definitely. And we're part of the DC podcast uh, circle. So if you also like Gotham, Arrow, The Flag, The Samar, and even DC movies, make sure to subscribe to our DC podcast mega feed and follow DC podcast on Twitter and like DC podcast on Facebook.
1: And as for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Derby Kid and watch videos I've shot and edited on my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash
0: and if um, any of our uh, of the listeners wants to find me on the internet, you can find me on my show, The Flash Podcast, which I do with uh, Amy Marie and Lauren Galloway, over at theflashpodcast.com. dot and we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, via Periscope, all under The Flash Podcast, and we're also part of DC Podcast, like I mentioned, and. Um, we're um, also on iTunes, situated all those things. And if you want to find me on the interwebs, you can find me on Twitter at Andy which is b e, b e h, b a k h t, where you can find my work at TV Overmind, where I work as, a st- work as a staff writer reviewing several TV shows. You can find me on Heroic Hollywood, where I work as a TV editor now, working with lots of TV things. And also, feel free to check out my website, TheBallPort.com, which is a great fan site for all things related to Marvel. And um, you can follow me on Instagram, too, um, under Andrew Bike as well. And, um, yeah, I guess that, that's all my plugs.
1: <laughs> all right. Well, until next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. And I suppose if Mel Gibson can present at the Golden Globes, then Supergirl can win National City back. a new superhero in town. The Flash. I need your help. National City needs a Flash. Oh. <gasps> Sorry. Think you can keep up? Oh, just yes, you watch. What's the plan?
0: Catch a bad girl. 85% chance of punching.
1: <laughs> for the record, I got here first.
0: I let you get here first. The Flash comes to Supergirl Monday on CBS.
1: And we're back. And what you just heard was the audio for what's coming up on Supergirl. The next episode is called World's Finest.
0: And the official description from CBS says, Kara gains a new ally when the lightning-fast superhero the Flash, Grand Gustin suddenly appears from an alternate universe and helps Kara battle Shivan, a.k.a. Silver Banshee, and Liwire in exchange for her help in finding a way to return him home.
1: Well, Andy, there's a lot going on in this crossover. What is most exciting to you about this description?
0: That they between the lines says that Flash will beat Car in a race. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, that's uh, not what that says. <laughs> I said, hey, I did say between the lines. So, uh, <laughs> but um, no, I'm ex- this is look. I I've loved the the Flash and Arrow crossovers, but this is a crossover that I'm far more excited about because these two heroes are. We've seen photos. We've seen trailers, which you can find on the supergray.com website. And we've seen interviews. We've seen clips. This is going to be the best television crossover in a very long time. Like, I, I think it's going to surpass everything that Arrow and Flash has done uh, as great as they've been. But I feel like this is what we... Because there's a theme right now going on in Hollywood where Daredevil Season 2 is about Daredevil versus Punisher. Batman v Superman starts out with Batman going up against Superman. Civil War is going to be Avengers against Avengers. (laughs) And X-Men is going to be X-Men versus Apocalypse mind-controlled mutants. So I'm glad that we're getting some sort of superhero dynamic crossover where they don't have to fight each other. I like that they're going to get along so quickly and uh, become friends. And, like, guys, once again, they look so... Freaking adorable together. Like it's like <laughs> it's not even it's not even funny how cute they are together. And um, so I'm you know, since we heard the announcement that this is happening and, you know, and that was it was funny because we got the news th- during the recording of a Flash podcast episode. So we got to freak out about it on air as it was happening. Mm-hmm. But I'm su- like this, is you know, Silver Banshee and Laiwa, like these are two villains that I wanted on the show. And we already got them season one. And now they're going to team up and go up against Supergirl and The Flash. And like I am... Th- Everything about this is exciting. I, and I'm, you know, I'm, of course, I'm going to try to look from a professional standpoint too. But I feel like this is going to be a dream come true, come true, even though we never knew or what, knew that we wanted, you know, years ago <laughs> that we ever wanted to see flat and super Bowl team up and so on. But I'm, I'm, so excited about this and um rebecca what are your thoughts about the trailer in the description that we've seen
1: because i love villains i'm really excited about silver banshee and livewire teaming up and i really love the livewire on supergirl one of my favorite episodes this season so i am so excited to see her come back and to get to see her team up with another baddie is very very exciting
0: yeah no, i think that's going to be a lot of fun and that And I hope that's maybe the beginning of uh, like, you know, because at at some point I want to see like a female Legion of doom come together. uh, You know, maybe season two, season three of Supergirl where all of the villains that she's fought and like created and so on (laughs) all come together, maybe against a female justice league. I don't know. Uh, But I, I like, you know, there's, you know, and, and there's still a lot of things that we don't know. Uh, I'm wondering, uh, at the time of recording, it's Tuesday, March 22nd, and Flash is about to return tonight. So I'm wondering if that episode of The Flash will set up why he is now suddenly in mm. in National City. Because, you know, we know he's going to come from Earth-1, and I guess at this point I'm just going to call it Earth-3. And um, and I'm wondering if that episode will explain why he's now suddenly gone into this world, but I'm just dying for this episode. Like it's, it's one of the coolest events ever of this TV season, and I'm they just look so freaking cute together.
1: Well, that's gonna be really exciting. And thanks for listening. And we will be back with another episode discussion next time on Supergirl Radio.